Welcome to Accent on Mercy Alumni, brought to you by the Alumni Office at Mercy High School, Farmington Hills, Michigan. I'm your host, Associate Principal Larry Baker. Thanks, Mr. Baker. I appreciate you having me on. Um, Carrie, uh, broadcasting holds a national, natural fascination for most of us. Please tell us about your past uh, sports gigs and how that uh, led up to what you're doing now. Well, oddly enough, I knew her name would come up early in this conversation, but you may remember Shannon Wisney, who was also class of 89, was my best friend then and still is my best friend and the godmother of my daughter, Lily. Um, Her father actually played a pretty big role in helping me kind of pave my path in the sports broadcasting world. Um both uh, in college when he helped introduce me to a gentleman at the University of Michigan who was the sports information director and kind of got me in front of the media on a daily basis, helped me get an an unpaid internship through his friend um, there at Michigan. And um, I ended up being the student assistant for the Fab Five at Michigan for a few years and working alongside national media uh, on Press Row, which helped get me into my very first job. And I'm pretty convinced that God decided to punish me because my first job was in East Lansing, covering Michigan State after going to the University of Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so from there, um, I kind of, before I skipped ahead a little bit, I had gotten my first internship out of college thanks to Mr. and Mrs. Wisney as well, who helped introduce me to a friend who worked over at um, what used to be UPN 50, Fox 50 back then. And um, the day I walked in and this um, friend of theirs walked me around the sports office and they uh, decided that they needed an intern and hired me basically on the spot that day. So that was kind of my introduction to uh, the world of sports broadcasting. The job in East Lansing was my first on-air job immediately thereafter. And from East Lansing, I kind of went from there to Ohio to follow my heart uh, in a relationship and ended up working for the Browns, helping bring a team back to town got back into broadcasting, going over to Buffalo. And that started my pretty much my entire career working for uh, sports networks rather than affiliates like ABC or NBC along the way. So I worked for the now defunct Empire Sports Network in Buffalo for a few years and got to cover uh, my first major sporting event, the Stanley Cup finals. Um, I was the, the beat reporter for both the Sabres and all their minor league hockey. So my first real major major job was um was pretty was pretty big as a as a beat reporter and there in buffalo like they were the they were the main uh attraction i was there in the um years post the bills losing their four super bowls so the sabers had kind of taken center stage and that was a pretty exciting time and from there i kind of went uh to back to ohio to work for the Browns who had the new team back in town and was covering them through Fox. And I was an in-game host as well. And then went from there to Seattle to uh, work for Fox there. And that was really my lone time. I ended up being able to broadcast in Detroit. Oddly enough, back then um, Fox had a number of 
arrangements where they had several studios in different time zones in one area. So from Seattle, I was broadcasting the Detroit Sports Report. So that was also a, a great time. But I landed my biggest job, yeah, from there in Chicago. And that's where I remain, not working in the same job. I've, as you mentioned in your intro, now retired kind of from the sports broadcasting world. Um, and I'm doing a history show instead. So, Yeah, and what, it, what kind of history is that? So I worked for uh, Decades TV, um, a show called Through the Decades. It's basically a day in the life. Um, what happened on this day in sports and magazines? Uh, what happened on this day in the world of history from music to politics, sports, pop culture? Um, and so we actually are, excitingly enough, finally going to be a little more accessible in Detroit as we've just signed some long-term deal with Fox to be broadcast in 12 major markets and Detroit will be one of them starting this fall. So um, it's a great show. It's an hour long look back in history and uh, my parents are thrilled. They'll finally be able to find me. <laughs> well, I remember seeing you on the Fox sports um, back in, back in the day, but I didn't know you, you were in Seattle broadcasting there because I still remembered you as someone who would be, I might meet at, um, you know, local market or something. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? Yeah, that was a pretty wild uh, setup there. But um, that was exciting to be able to have done that. I wish it was in Detroit. By the time it got launched back to Detroit, where it is now, I was already in Chicago. But so that was fun. And now I'm working with uh, legendary Chicago broadcaster, Bill Curtis, and many People will know him as he was actually the narrator of the Anchorman movie and the sequel, but um, he's known for far more than that, uh, for all sorts of uh, A&E crime shows, documentary series. He does NPR's uh, news comedy quiz show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So it's been a thrill to be a part of a show that was made for him. I like to say I'm just uh, I'm just along for the ride, but it's been a whole new experience in education, of course, as someone who used to read many sports pages, but not very much of the front page. Life has changed. Well, I remember you uh, as an outstanding athlete among uh, being an otherwise very well-rounded person. And I'm glad to hear that you're staying physically active. Um, I I can imagine yoga. I can imagine running, but when you included that you participate in obstacle course races, I don't know anything about that. I bet our listeners, some of our listeners don't either. Could you describe? Well, you know, I think um, obviously being involved in sports from a very young age, there's the competition and um, a level of wanting to compete and be a part of something that hasn't really gone away despite my age and Um, despite, you know, being busy with work and kids and responsibilities. And I think as I've gotten older, I've been looking for new ways to kind of fulfill that part of me. And I was lucky enough in my old neighborhood in the city here in Chicago to hook on with a number of very good friends and who are um, probably good 10 years younger than me who started to get involved in all sorts of races. So we started training for running races together. And then things like the Tough Mudder came about and it's really kind of uh, just competitive oh, yeah. obstacle courses, an endurance adventure um, and event obstacles that run you through mud, in water, underwater, and all sorts of, I, I like to say that um, 
I'm a really tough competitor there, but I, I only do the 5Ks so far. Um, I may start doing more. Um, but each year that comes, that each year that, uh, you know, starts anew, I try to look for new events. I missed one this year that I hope to participate in next year called the Murph, which um, is basically... Uh, well, it's after, uh, I believe his name is Daniel Murphy. I think he was a former Navy SEAL that died. And so there is a, an event and a challenge in his name that is growing as well. And it's it's a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats. And, and uh, again, that one-mile run, now I, I, I can barely do two pull-ups. So I have a lot of training to do over the next few years. Um, but the rest of it I can probably pull off um, without dying. So I think I'm just looking for things to, to um, help, you know, fuel the fire and um, keep the competitiveness going. And, of course, stay in shape as I have, I'm an older mom with young kids. And um, so I think once an athlete, always an athlete. So I'm always looking for new challenges. Oh, and it's great to have those goals to train for as well. Absolutely. Now, before we... Um conclude, I would, uh, I certainly thank you for bringing up the, the Wisneys uh, as a, a family very closely connected with Mercy uh, through the years. It was wonderful to hear them uh, as part of your story. Um, can you share a couple of other Mercy memories from the late 80s? Gosh, I mean, I think, um, you know, there's, there's so many things that I could talk about. I think one of the things that I can say now um, as a woman in broadcasting and with a young daughter and always looking for ways to, you know, make sure she grows up feeling like there's nothing she can't do. I think Mercy gave you this without being up in your face about it. It was incredibly empowering before, you know, and really you probably don't even realize it as you go through, but the education, the teachers, just the general environment there that let you know you could do anything you wanted, even if it wasn't, you know, being voiced as such. And I honestly think going back to sports, probably a big part of that too was, was playing for Suzanne Brown on the softball team. And she was tougher than many football coaches. If you read the local papers, Um, we did did a lot of running on Coach Brown's team. And, you know, I think, Mr. Baker, I gave up. She got some of those ideas from me because, believe it or not, she played for me at Mercy in basketball. So. I, I knew that. And I was going to say I gave up before I even had the chance to try out for your teams because I think I knew I was much better at softball than basketball and I didn't want to be rejected and not make your team. <laughs> I doubt that would have happened. Well, it's great to no, hear no, I, you mention Suzanne as well. Yeah, she, I will tell you, I have, I learned many lessons, uh, I think, and it wasn't just Suzanne, but there were many lessons I learned through sports. And believe it or not, even having played in college, so many of what she instilled in us, um, so much of the, of the, uh, so many of the lessons and, you know, life lessons, not just skills on the field of play, um, I, I carried with me today. And I had my first stint as a softball coach myself, coaching my seven-year-old daughter's 
softball team this year. And I remember saying things that Suzanne was telling us in high school. And I remember thinking, yeah, I think they're probably too young to get this, but I read so many articles about athletics and what they can do to instill confidence in young women. And so I just kind of thought, start them young. And if they remember one thing from this experience about how crazy coach Carrie was and the things she tried to tell them, then I did my job. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in mentioning Suzanne, I'm so glad that you can pass along her lesson. She's such a well-rounded person and someone I'm so pleased it stayed in education throughout her whole career. So that was great that you brought her up too. I really uh, appreciate your being our guest today, Carrie. It's been wonderful chatting with you. You too, Mr. Baker. And I just, I, I thank you for including me on your podcast series. It's really always great to think about all the um, things I learned at Mercy and how I left feeling empowered and ready to take on the world and how much I look back at how grateful I am for that experience to be able to attend with so many great um, teachers and coaches and experiences. And I know that there are many Mercy girls that are enjoying that, being afforded that same opportunity now. It's just great to say that I was a part of it. That's wonderful to hear, Carrie. Thank you so much for being our guest. Music on Accent on Mercy alumni is performed by concert pianist Julia Siciliano, class of 2001.